program created by Rio Grande. San Francisco County Sheriff's Office calling all cars, attention all cars to broadcast 286 regarding a missing person. Be on the lookout for Marion Williams, age 18 years, 5 feet 2 inches, weighs about 105 pounds. Was last seen at the Emanuel Church. That's all. Rolls and clips. Martha, 
Have you seen the new minister yet this evening? I want to ask him about the lilies. No, my dear, I haven't. You, Mrs. Hilton? No, I haven't either. But if you ask me, I'm going to have my suspicions about that man. Why, what do you mean? You don't mean Mrs. Hilton? Oh, I don't have very much to go on. But if you remember our last minister... Then forgive Mrs. Hilton. Don't even mention his name. You don't mean you think he has anything to do with Blackie's Don't misunderstand me, Mrs. I didn't say it exactly, but... No, poor little Blanche Lamont. She was such a sweet little thing. Mother, why, you speak as though she was dead. She could be. No one's seen her since last Wednesday night. And you know Marion Williams is so upset about it. She and Blanche were such good friends, they were almost like sisters. Speaking of Marion Williams, did you know she wasn't at Endeavor meeting last week? Mm-hmm. Don't we talk about it anymore. All this disappearance and mystery frightens me half to death. I'm not any too well, you know. Yes, dear, we know. Oh, hey, girl, doesn't that organ music sound just beautiful? What he's playing now, does. But have you ever heard him play that awful music of his? <laughs> yes, weird, isn't it? Why, he shouldn't be allowed to play such music on the church organ. You're absolutely right, Martha. Oh, Mrs. Clinton, uh, would you mind getting the flower baskets while we go on into the auditorium? Not at all, not at all. wonder if it looks as awful as it did last year. Should get some new ones. Oh, where are they, Mrs. Lewis? Oh, they're in that closet right over there under the belfry stairs. At least that's where we left them last year. Well, I'll look and see.
Detectives Harvey and Andrews begin a careful search of the church, while high above them the bells in the tower join in the pian of chimes for the risen Savior. Oh, there you are. And who are you? We're detectives. Who are you? I'm the section of this church. Ah, you all through ringing those bells? Ringing those bells, indeed. I'll have you to know I was playing the Easter morning chime. Oh, I beg your pardon. I meant if you were finished, we wanted you to help us search the building. Well, why didn't you say so, then? You want to start at this floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do these stairs go? Up to the gallery. There's more up there going up to the bell tower. Well, that's about the only place left, so come on. Yeah. The doors of the bell tower is right over there. Yeah. Hey, look there. The handle's broken off. Uh, Andrews, see if you can get it open. All right, Harvey. Can't seem to do anything with it. Locked. You got a key to this door, Sexton? No, my key only fits the front door. And why do you keep the uh, church doors locked? Well, of course we do. Uh, thief's no respecter of a holy edifice. Well, who has the keys to the church besides well, you? Mr. Horsey, the organist, has one. Mr. Durant has one to the side door, and our pastor has a complete set. Do you ever use the side door? Never. I have to lock up when I leave, and I always use the front door. Who has a key to the door? I don't know. Say, Harvey, all this talk isn't getting this door open. Well, I hate to do this, especially in the church, but I guess there's nothing else to do but break it down. All right, Andrews. Here we go. One, two, three. All right, one more. Watch your step. Here, it's kind of steep. It's kind of dark in here, ain't it? There's a trap door just up there above you. That's why it's so dark in here. It's shut. Seems to me you know quite a bit about this cell tower. Now, listen, I have to build this church. Does that answer your insinuation? Uh, no harm, man. No. Hey, what's the matter? Bumped my head on a trap door. Need any help to get it open? Huh? I think it's locked. Writing was said to resemble that of the minister. 
crimes. And Professor Clemps, you wish me to press as well? Well, no, Professor. We're detectives. I want to ask you a few questions. Oh, girl, I knew. Yes, she was a good There were two poor dead girls, Professor. Two, two, eight, he said. Would you come in, please? I am just this day past 72 years. I just die with this tale, say. So, won't you come in, please? Well, no, Professor. Just one more question. Can you account your whereabouts for the past week? Oh, yeah, I was right here in my heart. Now I do not walk so good. I never go out no more. You own a horse and buggy? No, no, no more. But once I did, it was a beautiful horse. Well, thank you, Professor, for answering our questions. And congratulations on your birthday. Gentlemen, good music. Well, Andrews, I guess that just about eliminates them. I reckon it does. But let's have another talk with that minister. I think maybe he can add something. Reverend, uh, you have keys to the church. Yes, yes, I have keys to every door. Do you have a key to that little door leading off the balcony to the bell tower? Uh, certainly. It's a very ordinary lock. Any skeleton key will fit it. There was no reason for you gentlemen to break it down. You forgot that the handle was broken. But never mind that for now. Do you own a horse? No, no, I do not. You ever ride a horse? Well, I have ridden, but not lately. You see, the limited wealth of my present congregation does not allow me to afford uh, such Reverend, luxury. Reverend, yes. uh, here's a brand new comb. Would you mind running it through your hair? Well, I, I'm sure I don't see your point, gentlemen, but if it will oblige you. Yeah, thank you, Reverend. Now, if you'll just sign this little paper, giving it permission to go through the church at any time. Well, you seem to have been doing that already, but if it will help you. Here, give it to me. There you are. Though I see no sense to it. Now, is there anything else? Yes, one more thing. There's a pair of shoes I picked up in your study. Are they yours? Yes, they're mine. Some old ones. Well, I would have taken them to headquarters. I'm curious about these brown stains on them. Gentlemen, many trials and tribulations have fallen my lot. These are turbulent days, but you two would try the patience of Job. Good day. Huh. Looks like we kind of ruffled his feathers a bit. Well, anyway, we got what we wanted. Well, let's look up Mr. Halsey, the church organist. Now, Mr. Halsey, what was where were you during the afternoon of April 3rd? I was at the church practicing on the organ. Were you acquainted with the two murdered girls? Yes, I knew them both. Do you own or ride a horse? I don't own one, but I do ride occasionally. Hey, would you mind running your hand? Do you have? Yeah, thank you. Now, let me see your hand. Why are you taking those loose hairs? I'm making a collection. Well, Mr. Halsey, we want you to sign this paper stating you were in the church on the afternoon of April 3rd. Thank you. Did anyone see you in the church on April 3rd? Why, yes, Mr. Grant saw me. About what time was this? It was about 5 o'clock or a little later. And, say, now that I think about it... About what? He came down out of the belt, huh? What? Yes, sir, and he was as pale as a ghost. He asked me to get him a drink of water, and I did. And what did he say to you? Did he tell you why he'd been up there? Yes, and it... Seemed rather strange, too. Said he had been fixing the gas lights and 
But the escaping gas had nearly suffocated him. Well, now I think we're getting someplace. Harvey, let's go back to headquarters and see what the laboratory tests show, and then we'll send for Mr. Durant. But disappointment awaited the two detectives, for the laboratory tests proved that the various samples of hair collected did not match the hairs taken from the Lamont girl's fingers. Nor were stains on the minister's shoes, blood, but oil. Nevertheless, the case was rapidly narrowed. Suspicion was centering on Mr. Durant, who, answering their summons, knocked on Captain Clark's door at headquarters. Come in. Captain Clark? Yes. You sent for me. I'm Ted Durant. Oh, yes, yes. Come in. Uh, Mr. Durant, this is Detective Harvey, and this is Detective Anders, the same as you the two murdered girls. Well, well, Captain, I'm Mr. Service, sir. We have a few questions we would like you to answer. Gladly, sir. I'll do anything I can to help clear all this up. Uh, do you own a horse, Mr. Durant? No, because one that I ride quite frequently. And where do you keep him stabled? With all the others of the Signal Corps of the National Guard. I'm a member of that troop. Are you still studying to be a doctor? Well, yes, indeed. I'm in my senior year at the Cooper Medical College here in San Francisco. Uh, how long have you been connected with the church? Ever since I was a very small boy. My entire family is very religious. Uh, do you spend a lot of time in church work? Yes, sir, I do. Particularly Sunday school work and the young people's endeavor. Uh, where were you on April the 3rd? That is in the early afternoon. I was at medical school. Did you go by the church on your way home? Well, yes, I did. Yeah, I had noticed that the gas jets of the light fixtures in the belfry needed fixing, so I stopped in to see if I couldn't make the repairs. And Mr. Halsey tells us that you came down out of the bell tower about 5 o'clock. It was about that time, yes. Yes, yes, you see, to make the repairs, I had to lie down at full length on the plank, which made my head lower than my feet. Lying in that position, naturally, the blood rushed to my head. It made me feel pretty faint. So when I came down, I, I found Mr. Halsey there, and I asked him to give me a drink of water. Then we left the church together about six. What did you do then? Well... Came back to the church later for a prayer meeting. I saw Blanche's aunt. I asked her if Blanche was coming to the meeting, and she said that she believed she was. But then, of course, Blanche didn't come. So right after prayer meeting, I went home. And uh, now, if you will, Mr. Durant, uh, I'd like to have you come over here by my desk. And certainly, Captain. What will you have, sir? Uh, just lean your head over this sheet of paper and uh, brush your hair with your hand. Turn to request, Captain. Why do you want me to do that? Well, frankly, Mr. Durant, we want a sample of your hair. A sample of my hair? Oh, yeah. oh, you didn't need to pull out a handful. <laughs> One or two would have done. If you really are serious about your suspicions of me? Where murder is concerned, we must be suspicious of everyone. Is there anything more, sir? Yes, there is. Would you please give us your signature? Uh, here's a pen. You can use that piece of paper then. There you are, sir. Well, thank you for coming down here, Mr. Durant. We'll get in touch with you later. I'm glad to have been of service. Good day, gentlemen. Well, Captain, what do you think? Well, he's got a clean record. But just the same, we're going to check this hair. And I want you fellas to go out and ask questions. Talk to the church members. Go out to the National Guard stables and uh, get me a few hairs from the horsey ride. Maybe somewhere we'll get a definite lead... And we'll either clear him entirely or cinch our case. 
While Detective Harvey went in search of Durant's horse, Andrews called upon church member after church member, finding in the amazing amount of conversation they were willing to divulge only one fact of importance. Durant was late to that Friday night endeavor meeting and was seen to enter the washroom before joining the others. At the stables of the National Guard, Detective Harvey quickly found the horse ridden by Ted Durant and secured a sample of hair. Reporting back to headquarters, Harvey and Andrews are again in the office of Captain Clark. Boys, Durant's hair matches the hair found on the Lamont girl's fingers. He was late for endeavor meeting the night Marion Williams was killed, and he was in the bell tower the day Blanche Lamont was murdered. Pardon me for breaking in on you, Captain. Oh, it's all right, Simpson. What is it? The hair sample from Durant's horse matches the sample that was found in the bell tower, and none of the other samples did. Thank you, Simpson. Now, there's one more thing. Let's check and see if Durant really was at school on the afternoon of April 3rd. Attendance records at the medical school showed Theodore Durant's presence on April 3rd. But determined to make certain, Harvey and Andrews began to question some of the students of Durant's class. Uh, do you know Ted Durant? Sure, why? Was he in class on April 3rd? I don't remember. I don't sit near him. Is there any way the attendance records could show a man was present when he really was absent? Sure. All you got to do is to get something to answer for you when the roll is called. There's so many in the class, nobody pays any attention to you. Did you answer present for Ted Durant on April 3rd? No, sir. Did you answer here for Ted Durant on April 3rd? Nope. Did you answer here? Not me. Did you answer? No. Did you? No, it wasn't me. Did you answer present for Ted Durant on April 3rd? Well, yes. Why? Finally. After 62 others didn't. Well, just why did you answer for him when he wasn't there? He asked me to. He said he had something he wanted to do and didn't want his man to be marked down as absent. We all do it for each other now and then. What kind of a student is he? He gets good grades, if that's what you mean. Is he going for athletics? Sure. And can he pitch a baseball? Why, you can put him over with either hand. You mean he uses his left hand as well as his right? Sure. He's going to make a good doctor. He'll be able to operate with either hand. He's really a fine example of ambidexterity. Hmm. You may not know it, young fellow, but as a start to your medical career, you just find a death warrant. Arriving at the Durant residence, Detective Harvey and Andrews discovered that Ted Durant had gone to Mount Diablo with the signal corps. Checking at the National Guard headquarters, they find that the troops is at that moment in communication with headquarters by means of reflected sun rays, the heliograph. Explaining their mission to the officer in charge, a strange message begins to fight for Don Diablo. Hey, Captain Bruce, there comes a message from headquarters for you. Yes, yeah, so it is. Let's both put our glasses on. Captain Bruce, urgent, private. He adores. Yeah, it's about me. Murder. No, it isn't true. Arrest and hold for local authority. No, 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 no. They must be playing a joke on me, Captain. It's not true. It isn't true. It's no joke, Durant. 
Those code signals at the end sent official orders. Oh, I'm innocent, Captain. Well, that's not for me to decide. Private Durant, I place you under arrest. Ted Durant was turned over to the local authorities. But there was a weakness in the state's case against him. His denial of guilt was steadfast. No bloody clothing had been found, and there were no eyewitnesses. A confession was needed. Realizing that Theodore Durant possessed a triple personality, his virile association with the National Guard, his curious interest in the workings of the human body as evidenced by his choice of profession, and his moral attitude toward life gained through his religious training, Captain Clark placed him in solitary confinement, hoping the conflict of these personalities might cause him to break down. So dark. So still in here. Buck up, soldier. You're not afraid. Never have regrets. You're a man. You have a perfect right to do anything you want. Yes. Yes. Yes, I am a man. Just just like anyone else. You are a man. But what is the mystery about it all? You know all about it. How they are, what they do. That's true. I do know. But I'm only human. Don't you remember the command? Thou shalt not. I do. Forgive me. Forgive me. Oh, 